I'm sure if you've been here for the last three nights, you're probably pretty tired, because I know I am. I'm exhausted. We've been doing a lot of work, been really good, a lot of fellowship, a lot of food. You know, those are the, almost the Baptist credos. Well, let me just kind of tell you real quick, just uh, first off, um, so last night we had 7,446 in the box, and uh, so we have grown by a lot of that. I'm sure my number is here. So today we did over over 5,000 for a total of 12,495 in the box. So yeah, so we're we're moving progress. So that's really good. So now there's a few boxes that are not actually up here yet. There's still a few that haven't been brought in that uh, that included in that count. But I figure if it's in the box and the box is taped, we count it. Amen. That's right. And so, uh, so things are going well. Uh, we've been doing really, really, really well. We've had some hiccups, but that's okay. I'll talk more about those a little later. Uh, but I just wanted to give you that update. We still have work to do. I mean, I, as much as we want to be done on on Wednesday night at 10 o'clock and call it, you know, go home, get a good night's rest, and know that these are done, we, we can tell you that there's still some work that need, needs to be done tonight and, uh, and probably tomorrow. Uh, well, there is no probably about it. It is going to happen tomorrow. So if you can make it tomorrow in the morning, we're going to try to knock these out uh, and uh, finish up the project. I have no idea what that means, how long we need. But basically, we've got a bunch of Bibles that are New Testaments that need to be bound. And once, they, once they're bound, then we can cut them and box them. So, um, you know, that's basically where we're at. Everything on the E-wing side of the building, everything in the – you probably noticed that the – Connections counter has moved back to its regular, normal location. There's no Bibles, there's no New Testaments, no signatures in the in the lobby. The E wing, the classrooms in the E wing, have been put back together so that they're ready for Sunday. Or I guess the next thing is Sunday. Um, and uh, and so all of that's been done. So everything is in the lobby. I'm sorry, in the library, uh, ready to go to the binder and from the binder out to the to the armory to get cut. We had a great crew out there in the armory today. Uh, I don't know how many people there were out there, but we were moving some Bibles through that machine until the machine gave a gave it up. Could say something else. Had to be careful. Uh, but that's okay. The machine is back and running, even though it it gave us a fit the last hour. It is right now running. Just keep it in prayer, uh, and uh, we'll we'll get the job done. So thank you. Hello, Pastor Pirida from Malawi. Uh, we are very grateful for uh, for the opportunity to share with you uh, the status update of the project we did together uh, to print the Bibles in our local language. We only had one version of the Bible, but now uh, with your help, we're able to print the New Testament from the received text. We are so grateful that 25,000 Bibles uh, in 2020 were printed, uh, boxed, and are sent to us from you, Heartland uh, Fellowship Baptist. We are so grateful for that. We have been able to distribute them to the pastors that are in the uh, Passion Center for Pastors Training, uh, which is a three-year program. We are able to uh, distribute about 1,300 pastors and their churches that are represented uh, in, the, in the training. 
and very recently we also been able to um, distribute to uh, people in the uh, southern region that were affected by the flood uh, homes destroyed and also their bibles destroyed so we're able to distribute uh, to those churches we are very grateful for that we are currently in a project uh, to um, uh, to translate the old testament uh, and also reviewing it so that it can also be printed. And so please pray with us uh, that the process goes well and that we are, uh, ab we are able to uh, print the Old and the New Testament and make that Bible available to the people of Malawi. Very grateful for your support. God bless you. Church, say Chichewa. Oh, that wasn't good. Say Chichewa. Now, isn't that just a fun word to say? I, I don't know about you, but I think it's a fun word to say. Um, Chichewa, yeah. Um, so, Annabeth and I had the privilege of hosting the Jalowicks um, last year. I think it was last year. Was it last year, Annabeth? Okay, last year. And... Um, now, what's interesting is Chichewa is the language uh, that's spoken in Malawi, but the people group actually bleeds into Zambia as well. And so there's a portion of, of people who speak Chichewa that um, the Jalowicks minister to as well. And so we had the benefit of talking with the Jalowicks about um, the blessing that they had with giving Bibles out in that language as well. And it was just a huge blessing that we take it for granted that we have the full counsel of the Word of God. We, we take it so for granted that we have the Bible in our heart language. And um, the stories that the Jalowicks told about um, people who just would would take the Bible and, and they would they would kiss it because they, they so long to hear or to have the Bible in their own language. And so not only uh, the impact on the eastern part of Zambia, but also the impact on Malawi, which is one of the poorest countries in the entire world, um, in, in Malawi. Um, and for us to touch a people that we know, if you, if you uh, read Scripture and see what the Lord says about poor, and about those who are destitute, the Lord loves them. And this is a chance for the Lord to reach out and to touch them with His Word. In, in Mark chapter 9, verse 38, it says, oh, actually, I lost my train of thought. Um, Oh, Matthew, it's probably Matthew. <laughs> Went to the wrong book. Matthew uh, 9.38, I think it is. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. And that's a prayer that I pray when we're going out um, into um, neighborhoods and into places that, that God would send forth laborers um, as we go out with Igo. But the same is true in this case, is that right now they need laborers to participate in this this translation opportunity 
the, the Old and the New Testament. And we heard um, Pastor Chibwana talk about the fact that it impacts 1,300 pastors. This is a huge outreach that touches um, nearly an entire country, and we know it spills out into another country. And so as we pray in a few minutes, we need to pray that God would send forth more laborers um, into the harvest for this harvest in Malawi and also in Zambia. Uh, as well, um, another thing that I think is helpful to pray about is um, what are those translators looking for? What's the most precious knowledge that those translators need? They need scripture, but they need the words, right? Like we were singing about ancient words, right? And in Ephesians uh, 6, 18, uh, 6, 19, it says this. Paul is, is uh, praying um, that he would be used and praying for the saints. But in, in Ephesians 6, 19, he says, And for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may... Open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. That word utterance actually means words. Words. And that's what the translators need. What we need to be praying for the translators is that God would give them utterance. The words that they need for the translation. To make known the mystery of the gospel. Now, they're translating the Old Testament. Because they, they have the New Testament. But with the Old Testament, that makes known the mystery of the gospel in the full counsel of the Word of God. We take it so for granted. But we have in this book what God is doing with all of history. And those in this region, they only have part of the story. We need to pray that God would give them the full story so God could disciple them in a deeper way. So let's let's take a couple minutes uh, to pray for this work. Pray that God would give utterance to those who translate it. Pray for labors and pray that God would make known the mystery of the gospel. Heavenly Father, Lord, we we praise you for the fact that you care for even the most destitute, the poorest in this world, Lord. We thank you that your, your heart is a heart of love beyond what we can comprehend. And Lord, you are reaching out with your word, your word of love, your word of truth, your love, your word of grace. And we pray that you would send forth laborers into this work, that your name would be honored, that it would be glorified, that you would be lifted up, high and lifted up. Father, we pray that you would give utterance, that you would give the words that are needed for that translation process because you have specific words. Each and every word is important to you. You've made that clear in Scripture. And Lord, I pray that you would give them uh, the words, that you would give them utterance. Lord, we pray for these 1,300 pastors, for these churches, Lord, that you would raise them up, raise up leadership, and through discipleship, through the, the counsel of your word. We thank you for this work. We thank you that we are able to participate through prayer, or whether through giving, or through support, and later with 
with trips, going over there and seeing what you are doing. Lord, it is amazing that we get to be a part of your kingdom and the kingdom that you are raising up and that we will see someday in Zion, Lord. And we will hear of all the work that's gone on, these Bibles that we've we put together this week and what's going on um, in Zambia and Malawi, that everyone would know that Jesus Christ is Lord. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Playing tag team. Up and down, up and down. Just wanted to take a, a moment and just remind you, we talked last night. I, I, I made a, a plea to everybody that was here. You might not have been here last night, so this will be for you especially. But um, I made a comment just a little bit ago that our cutter, the trimmer, has been up and down and being finicky. Persnickety, I think, is a term. I don't know if that's a valid term for a machine, but it's irritating that it's always up and down. And sometimes it'll work, sometimes it won't. Uh, it'll be five minutes or or an hour and five minutes before we get it going again, and it's just constantly frustrating. Uh, when you have a project at this size, uh, to know that it uh, that the machine could stop and never restart, it's really uh, just you know I hold my breath every time it does. I hear I, I hear the machine's running and it's, and it's going, and next thing I know it's like. I turn because it stopped. You know, I just know that it stopped. So I can tell by the sound in the room. And sure enough, it has stopped. And I push a button, push a button, try to get it going again. Okay, it's running. Keep going. Fail again. Keep going. Fail again. So the only way we can deal with this, I mean, it's been a good cutter. I really even had a, it has really blessed the ministry. We've cut some really pretty Bibles with that machine. And, uh, uh, but we need to buy a new one, and so I put a plea out last night to the church uh, to consider uh, covering some of the cost. I think I told you it was about a $58,000 machine, and so they're not cheap. This will be a brand-new machine. It's not a used machine. I'm not buying like you buy Everybody here probably has bought a used car, and you know what it's like to buy a used car. You buy a used car, next thing you know, you're replacing the transmission, then you have to put the brakes in, and then something happens at the front end. you got to put parts in, and you just get tired of that after a while, constantly breaking down, constantly repairing it, constantly putting money in it. Um, and so that's kind of what's happening with this machine, and so we didn't want to replace it. So I'm asking you to consider, we're going to take up an offering here shortly, uh, both for the machine, the ministry, and the conference. And uh, so um, if you have a, the, if you had a chance from last night to pray about it, I hope you did. You know, hoping God moved you to, to donate just a little bit. I even told you, you know, one percent, half a percent of what it costs. You know, just something, anything, any dollar amount would be great. And so I'm just asking you for, to do that and to help us cover the cost of the conference and cover the cost of the ministry. The ministry has expenses. I shipped. I haven't told everybody this, but I shipped 300 Bibles to Zambia uh, last Saturday, and uh, that's about a $500. Surprisingly, about a $500 cost that the ministry pays for that. The church doesn't pay for that. 
we raise money the best we can to try to pay for those things. Uh, so just want you to know that. And uh, the shipping of these back to Milford, uh, to Bering Precious Seed, that's going to cost us a little bit of dollars. Um, and so, you know, we hit, it's, a, it's an expensive ministry, but it, the, prod, the, the purpose is good. And, uh, and so we're going to take up an offering. I'm going to ask Bob Hall to come up and pray over the offering. And uh, when he does, we'll have, we'll have the place uh, passed. The, the ushers will take care of that. And uh, if, you, if you are not prepared to donate but you feel like you want to donate, you can do that online, of course, easily. You can also donate next week on Sunday, or you can donate anytime you want. Uh, just contact uh, the office or do it online or um, on, uh, send it in the mail, whatever you want to do. So, Bob, come on up and let's pray. playing tag team tonight so uh, let's pray over the offering father in heaven we we come to you tonight lord and we just want to give you honor and glory for who you are lord uh just the fact that you are god you are creator there is no one but you lord so we praise you for that we also praise you for the love that you have for us we praise you for uh what you've given to us you know what you've given to us we have our salvation through your son jesus christ and Lord, you, you, you haven't stopped there. You've given us a home in heaven. You've given us the Holy Spirit. You've given us eternal life. And honestly, you've given us everything. Lord. We, pray, we praise you for that. And I just I want to pray for this offering tonight, Lord, that we would give back a little to you, that we can use it to further your word around the world, that it would help buy the equipment that we need, the signatures that we need, the, the printing and all the, all the details that, that do cost money, Lord. But I, I pray for this offering that it would meet our needs. I also pray that you would take it and use it more mightily than we could even imagine. I pray for that tonight. I, I uh, thank you for this week, and I pray that we have a great opportunity to get your word out. You've given us open doors. I pray that you'd use this offering again to continue that, get your word out to people that need it. So they can have a relationship. So in Christ's name we pray tonight. Amen. Amen. As the offering uh, is uh, being taken up, I just want to prepare us to uh, hear the word of God. And before I introduce our speaker tonight, uh, I just want to mention, you know, tonight, I will kind of give it away a little bit. the, The topic tonight is our need to translate the word of God. And this week we've added a new wrinkle to the Bible conference because, you know, when you're publishing the Word of God, whether you're preaching it, proclaiming it, uh, you know, verbally, or we're, uh, we're in the process of teaching it, um, or we're, we're, we're actually publishing it in the, in the written form, uh, at the end of the day, that leads you to people groups because we're accomplishing the mission. Uh, we want to get to the people that need the Word of God. Uh, obviously, uh, we do a lot of English translations we do a lot of Spanish translations, but we're also doing Ukrainian translations, so that means uh, I, we got to get the word in all these other languages, and we've talked about that this week. So we saw Justin Bedwell is praying about how he's going to tackle the Tonga Project in Africa. Uh, we looked at yesterday uh, an incredible presentation by Arion uh, Vogley and how he's uh, approaching the Albanian translation. And then today you heard from Ch- Ch- uh, Palir Chibwana, uh, and he is a key man in a key place at a key time. Uh, doing a mighty work, and you've already been introduced to him. You've already, many of you, 
Let me just show of hands. How many worked on the Chichewa New Testaments? I'm just kind of curious. I would say, man, uh, probably 80% of you, maybe 75% of us have actually already been part of that project, and that is a translation project. I just want to, before I have uh, Tony come up, I want to just kind of remind you of what's led us here in regard to this particular, um, you know, discussion of, of translation in the, in the video you saw. Pastor Randy, because it was on his heart, he obviously has a heart for Africa, even though he's still here in the States, uh, and he's obviously got his eye on the ball. He's looking at what's going on around the world. And uh, TBS put out a little pamphlet, and, and Randy noticed that the Chichewa was being translated. And he knew uh, that Chichewa was the language that was spoken in Malawi. He's a missionary there. And also that uh, our missionary, Dan Jalowick, was also dealing with Chichewa-speaking people. So, so you know, he's just inquired. And, and at, when's it going to be ready? Uh, maybe we could do that as one of our projects. You know, he knows. We know. Brian Kioma, we know. We know uh, Dan Jalowick. We know Polira Chabwana. So we know several men on the ground, key men that can not only uh, read the word, but they can preach the word, they can teach the word, and they need to get the word in the hands of the people in which they're ministering to. And so that was part one. Of course, and you all uh, know Mark Trotter or knew Mark Trotter. We still know him. We'll see him again soon. Uh, And Mark Trotter, uh, you know, was a key man here, right, to connect all of that and bring that for some reason, in God's providence, through Pastor Randy, through uh, Pastor Mark, through all those other pieces, God in his providence has said, hey, we want you guys, and I say you guys, meaning all of our churches that are represented here, the living faith churches, the non-living faith churches, everybody that's here that's engaged in all this. He wanted all of our churches involved in getting that, that Bible to those peoples. And Jeremy said it. He, God has a passion for people, uh, and he has a passion for people that are poor. And those are some poor people. And some are poor in spirit. Some are poor uh, in physical things. And so, of course, Laodiceans don't always have good discernment on what rich and poor is. Uh, But I can tell you some of the richest investments that are going on are in Zambia and in Malawi and in Africa, right? And so so there's a reason God's wanting to put his seed there because he's going to get an ROI. He's going to get a return on his investment. And uh, and, and I don't mean physically, spiritually. He's going to get what he wants. So phase two of this... um, uh, I don't think Randy's told the story, so I'm going to tell your story for us. And so, so Randy's, you know, being Randy, he's just rolling through life, doing what he does in ministry. And um, one day he gets a call from the Trinitarian Bible Society, and they're like, uh, "Can we? Can we? Can you help us? We lost our translator, and we're trying to finish up this Chichewa Old Testament. Do you know anybody that could help us?" So for some reason, no offense to Randy, but I mean, Randy's the key guy. I mean, the, when you got the people calling here in the middle of nowhere in a cow field calling up Pastor Randy, say, hey, Randy, can you help us? Uh, Randy's like, yeah, I can. And so uh, so we were able to get, you know, we, first of all, we, we asked, you know, we spoke with Palira and, uh, you know, got his mind on it. And he was minded to want to help with that project. He was exactly what they, they needed, someone that was skilled in English, skilled in Chichewa. And that could, you know, could work on the the final uh, draft of this Old Testament. And so, uh, Pastor Palera, who you just saw, was put in contact um, through the relationship that Randy had with Trinitarians. All because, just get this, guys, it's it's the little things. It's because one day he was looking through a pamphlet and said, "Hmm, those people need the word." And here they're they're trans. I didn't know that. Let me talk to somebody and see what could happen next. Maybe we could get in on it. 
And and so we're in on it, and we're in on it all the way. So I'm looking forward to the day when we're doing the whole Bible, the whole Chichewa Bible at one of these conferences, and all the churches are involved, and we're having that Philadelphian partnership. Why? Because starting back on Sunday morning, right, we had a heart to get the Word of God into the souls of men, right? We understand this history. We're, we're, we're just entering into the story of how God, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He left us His written Word. He's given us His Spirit. He's given us His church. We're building on what God is doing till he catches us away. And then, of course, we talked about how that develops the Philadelphian partnerships. And man, oh, man, did we get a message last night about, uh, you know, who could get in way of this mission is us, right? So we got to get ourselves out of the way so that God can do what he needs to do to get his Bibles, get his word uh, where it needs to go. And that inevitably will involve projects just like you have been seeing, whether it's the, the Tonga, the Albanian, the Chichewa, and the ones that we don't even know about yet. Right. Maybe there's going to be a time uh, where we're going to be involved in the Vietnamese project or something like that. Who knows? But God will have other projects because his heart is to get the word of God, a reliable word in their hands, a preserved word. We're so fortunate, as Jeremy said, to have it. And so I'm excited tonight uh, to have a dear brother in Christ, a friend of mine, a friend of our churches. Iola Harvest Baptist has been so faithful over the years uh, to come. Uh, rather Tony speak it, not speak it, and they are consistently here. You know why? Because they love God's Word. They're about putting the, getting the Word where it needs to go on time as a church. I know Pastor Tony as a pastor is like that. He and his wife Kara are tremendous saints, and uh, we love them. We love to partner with Harvest Baptist in whatever way we can. And we're so thankful, Tony, to you and your church. And just being up here Sunday, it was precious, man. And those, those kids that you brought, and I mean, he's intentional. He's already been in touch with Arion. He's educating his church. He's an example of the believers in word and deed. You don't have to be pastor in a mega church of a million people or a thousand people, hundred people. Uh, I mean, whatever. I mean, he's getting it done in every way, and God's really blessing the work at Harvest Baptist in Iola. And I'm so excited tonight to have Tony come up and really challenge us on this particular subject of translation. And as he comes, I, I pray that, that some of you would be praying about your part in that. You know, maybe some is calling. Maybe God's calling some of you to even participate in being a translator someday. So, with that, give Tony some love as he comes up and preaches to us here at HBF tonight. What's up, everybody? We all good? All right. Hey, do me a favor if you would. Be making your way to Second Kings eighteen. Brian, I love you, man. Man, I love you. I love this church. And I just walk in and I bring people with me because I want them to know you and I want them to meet you, right? And uh, I think we had a team on Sunday of just shy of 30 come up and make the trip and just come and put their hands to the work. And they can't stay for the service because they got school the next day, you know, what have you. But, man, it was just, just sweet just to be able to do that and give tours and what have you, and I get stuck in the middle of tours because I'm finding people I love, and I'm hugging on them, and they're just like, I don't know this person, why are we, why, they're not the main person, no, it's about Bible, you're right, and so we get back to the tour and whatever, but man, our, our church does love it, and um, and I just, I'm thankful to be, um, join hands with, with another church that understands that God preserves that which is important to him. He preserves his people, and he preserves his word. And I love it when God's people get a hold of that and understand it and truly, truly grasp it. 
So, you ever said that? You ever said those words? Because I have. In fact, I said them not long ago to my son. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? And he goes, yeah. And I said, okay, then repeat them back to me, please. Because if you can repeat them back to me, then I'll know whether you understood them or not. And he'll give me a paraphrase. I'm like, no, that's not what I said. I don't need a paraphrase. I need you to understand what I said. No, my son's a good kid. He's, he's pretty excellent at a lot of things that he does. But sometimes you just need some direction. And I just need to know that as I speak into you, you know, that you're understanding the words that come out of my mouth. And, you know, I think my mom said that about a thousand times to me. And uh, no one ever said it better, in my opinion, than Chris Tucker in the movie Rush Hour. You understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Yeah, man, man, come on. Great theologian right there. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful for Chris Tucker. All right, so I just want... I, I think sometimes we, we, we try to share the gospel, we try to preach, we try to do things, and we don't necessarily speak in a way that we expect them to fully understand what are coming out, what's coming out of our mouth. All right, so that's the message title, but there's a couple questions I want you to consider and just be having percolating in your mind, right? As we, as we get, it's going to take us a minute to get to 2 Kings 18. We're like on ramping here, right? Now, the first question I want you to consider is this question. Do we understand the need for translating the king's message into the languages of the people? Do we understand that? That's the first question I really want you to consider, is do we understand the need for translating the king's message into the languages of the people? And I say languages, plural. I understand it's the king's message, not his paraphrase, not the message, right? It's the king's message. The king has something to say. Now, that's going to come in handy in just a little bit. You'll understand why. And, and, and Jeremy, I, I appreciate this because here's where I think a lot of us get as Americans is we have access to the word of God in our language, on our devices, in our Bibles, in our small little Bibles, in our New Testament. I mean, we got it everywhere. My, I have audio Bibles that I prefer Right, like Bible dot is is like the thing, man. I love it, right? Because I have access to the Word of God, and here's the problem: I take it for granted. I take it for granted the amount of people that had to lay down their lives to give me my copy of the Word of God. I'm thankful for that. Listen, here's something else. I think here's reason why I think we take it for granted as well is that we have a language, English, that the world is speaking. Truth. I mean, go to Malawi, Africa, and I've been there. I've been to Malawi. I've been five hours in a field, no road. I mean, I've been there, and there's somebody speaking English when we get there. Right? So, what is going on here? The English is everywhere, and the world is learning it, and the world is speaking it, no doubt about it. I think there's a reason for that. And while we may not say it, I think we often just assume that people are just going to figure it out one day. They'll just get it. They'll figure it out. That, that's, not, that's not right. That's not right. So that's the first question I want you to consider. The second question is a little bit longer. Do we understand what the world system understands? See, that's the key. Because the world system understands translation. Do we understand what the world system understands about the need for translating the king's message into the languages of the people? Because the world's really good at translation. 
the world system, and I would even venture to say the Antichrist system, is very good and very talented and very skilled and very intentional in language and translation of languages. All right, so let me give you an example of this. The book of Esther, you have Ahasuerus and, and, and Vashti, and remember Vashti kind of, you know, the whole the whole little thing. Hey, he wants to show her off, and she's like, uh, no, not too interested in being shown off. And so um, he kind of shoves her out the door, and all the wise men said, yeah, but if, if, the, if the king's wife can rebel, then my wife can rebel, and that's not a good thing. And so they pass this law, and they just send it out to all the provinces. Check this out. Esther chapter 1, verse 22. Esther chapter 1 verse 22 says, For he sent letters into all the king's provinces, into every province, check this out, according to the writing thereof. In other words, every province had a different way of writing. Right? Chinese, they write up to down, right? Uh, Arabic, right to left. Uh, Western mindset, left to right. Uh, It's usually centered on Jerusalem. Wherever Jerusalem is, that's the direction people write. I think that's pretty interesting. Did we lose that verse? We have it up there, Esther, Esther one twenty two. According to the writing thereof, and to every people after their language. And so here's a government that is over numerous provinces that speak different languages, and they're writing according to the writing thereof, and to every people after their language. Why? That every man. The goal is to get to every person. That every man should bear rule in his own house, and that it should be published according to the language of every. People, not enough just the the king's message needs to go forth to every man in their language, in the way that they write. That's the world system. The world gets it. Now, I'm a movie, movie buff. You hang out with me a little bit, you'll find out that I like to watch movies. But I'm a weird dude. Because when I watch movies, I kind of figure the movie out in about three or four minutes. I know how it's pretty except for that Sixth Sense movie. That one had me messed up. I'll be honest. That one had me messed up. But there's a movie out. It's come out like you know, four or five years ago. It's called The Movie Arrival. You guys ever seen that movie, The Arrival? I'm the only wicked person that watches movies. Is that the, okay? Thank you. Thank you for being honest. All right. So it's a it's a Amy Adams movie or whatever. It's a weird movie. And the whole premise, I'm gonna ruin it for you. So just know I'm gonna. The whole, the whole premise is aliens show up, UFO comes and lands, it's in the shape of a teardrop looking thing, kind of weird, it reminds me a little bit of Zechariah, and so it shows up, and they're trying to figure the whole thing out, and they begin to figure, why are these guys here, they're here to destroy us, and the idea is no, the aliens came to bring the United, to bring the world a gift, and what was the gift? You guys are divided, you're fighting all the time, you know what would really unite everybody? If everybody spoke the same language, if everybody would just speak the same language, everything would be okay. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound a little, a little bit like the, like Babylon, Genesis chapter eleven? I mean, that's kind of messed up. Oh, by the way, what's the new movie coming out in January? Brought to you by Brad Pitt. Babylon. That's the name of the movie. Oh, what's it about? It's about Hollywood becoming Hollywood and the message behind it. It's Babylon. So when I watch movies, I pay attention because here's what I've learned according to Titus chapter 1. If you study society's art, you will find out what has its art. 
And so I watch movies and I'm paying attention. What does, what are they saying? What are they doing? They're speaking people's languages. And they do it through film and they do it through music and they do it through all those things. And I'm happy to let them tell me what they're saying. And so, man, I'm, hang out with me. I'm a conspiracy theorist kind of dude. Just, it is what it is. But here's what I do know. They got it figured out. You can't go anywhere on the planet and not find Coca-Cola. Everybody speaks Coca-Cola, right? You can't go anywhere on the planet and everybody knows about COVID, right? That message got around the world quick, right? They're really good at getting information out, which also tells me that they're really good at keeping information out. All right, so what does that tell me? That tells me that the world system takes translation very seriously. They take it seriously. Do we? Now, here's another principle I want to share with you, is that if the world places value on something, then I think we should probably put value on it too. Now, there's a verse that haunts me. It's in Genesis chapter 14, verse 21. Genesis chapter 14, verse 21 says, And the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the persons... And take the goods to thyself. Now, this is after Lot's been taken captive by the five kings. And Abram goes and goes and rescues them from the five kings. And the king of Sodom's like, hey, um, you can have all the money, baby. Just give me the persons. What does that tell me? It tells me the world system isn't interested in money. It's not interested in riches. It's interested in souls. And if the world values souls, then so should I. Y'all with me? So if the world values translation, then therefore I better be valuing tra- translation. And so the world is willing and able to speak. They are. They're willing and able to speak in whatever language is necessary to instill a message of fear and confusion. Not a message of hope. It's a message of fear and confusion. And where do they set, plant that seed? Into the hearts of people. Y'all with me? That is the king's message. And the world system knows the best way to reach someone's heart is through the language of their heart. All right, so we're going to get to 2 Kings, to the base text here in just a second. So we've got to get a run and start with. So let's, let's set the stage here because when Brian asked me to consider coming and preaching and on the topic of translation, Remember this conversation? I was sitting in the coffee shop. I don't know if I told you that. It was really good. So I was sitting in the coffee shop, and he, he called me or texted me or something, and I had just been reading over this passage in the topic of translation, going, man, this is really important. i got to get some stuff down. He says, hey, I want you to come and preach a message on translation. All right. I think we'll do that. So I was cross-referencing because this passage in 2 Kings 18 is also mentioned in the book of Isaiah chapter 36, right? So you can get some parallel passages there. So we're going to get to the main text, which is over way over in verse 25, 26 in there. But we've got to go to verse 9 just for a moment. And don't panic. We're not reading all those verses. We're not. But let me just set the stage just for a moment. Because in verses 9 to 12, you have the king of Assyria which represents the world system, the Antichrist system, the world system. The king of Assyria carries Israel, the nation of Israel, those ten tribes on the northern side, comes to take Israel out of the land and disperses them across the world. In other words, they're God's people, 
who have access to, to the king's message. They got access to the word of God. And you'll find in verse 12 that they disobeyed the word of God. They wouldn't keep the word of God, and therefore they were removed, right? So you see that in verses 9 to 12. Now check this out in verse 11. So it comes and besieges it. It takes them three years to, to conquer all these guys and, and take them out. But he says this in verse 11. And the king of Assyria did carry away Israel, check this out, unto Assyria, and put them in Halah and in Habor by the river Gozan and in the cities of the Medes. Why? Why would they do that? Because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord their God, but transgressed his covenant and all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded and would not hear them nor do them. So what they do? They bounced on the word of God and they went the way of the world. And guess what Hezekiah has? Hezekiah is just to the south. He's the king of Judah. He's just to the south. And he has a front row seat to watch people he knows, people of, of his ilk, another group of believers bounce on the word of God. Have we seen that happen today? People that we love, people who are just over there bouncing and walking and turning their back on the Lord and through his word. Oh, man, it breaks my heart. And Hezekiah is sitting there watching this, watching this happen. Now, can I just give you a little side note? I thought this was just interesting. I think this is cool. Um, in verse 11, he takes them from the land of Canaan, the promised land, and takes them north into Halah and Haber and Gozan and, and that whole area. Okay, that's the land of Haran, right? Genesis chapter 11, um, where... Abram came out of Ur of the Chaldees, Babylon, made his way up to Haran. And then God said, okay, it's time, Genesis chapter 12, come down to the land of Canaan. And what's interesting is when God removes his people out of the land, it goes the same pattern. Back to the north, and then Babylon comes in and takes them back to Babylon. I think that's very interesting. Um, very, very interesting. All right, so then you get to verses 13 to 16. Because here in verses 13 to 16, uh, the northern tribes are gone, though, right? It's been eight years now. Eight years later, Hezekiah is now being besieged by the Assyrians. And so Hezekiah and Judah are next. And you know what he does? He throws money at the problem. That's what he does. He throws money at the problem. And what do churches do when things are going bad and there's a difficult time? Instead of running the word... They run to their pockets. And, the, and the, sure enough, that's what happens here. So he says, hey, I've offended you, verse 14. And it says this in verse 15. And Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasures of the king's house. Okay. Was he given? He's giving silver that's in the house of the Lord and in the treasures of the king's house. In verse 16, and at that time did Hezekiah cut off the gold from the doors of the temple of the Lord and from the pillars which Hezekiah king Judah had overlaid and gave it to the king of Assyria. So what's he do? It's hard time. Here comes the world system after after now uh, Judah and, and Hezekiah. And what does he do? He throws money at it and he causes the house, the Lord's house to go broke. And here's what I mean by broke. There's no more gold and there's no more silver. And what are we supposed to be building our house of the Lord with? Gold, silver, and precious stones. And unfortunately, we live in a day and age where God's people that once would stay 
firm and hold a true standard on the word of God, when difficult times come, they sacrifice the reward. And they gave up what was in the treasures. In other words, no longer have a full reward. And it's gone. And so there's no more gold or silver to speak of in the temple or on the temple. Oh, can we get that message? How you treat the word of God, how you, how we interact with this world system, how we deal with this issue of preservation has everything to do with the gold and silver in the temple. We, by the way, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, we are the temple of God, right? We are the temples of God. But then you get a little bit further because it's, the world system is not interested in your money. What's the world system interested in? It wants you. They want souls. Hey, can I buy them off? Nope. Nope. That's they, All they want is my taxes. All they want, no, they don't care about your taxes. They care about you. You are the merchandise, according to Peter. Peter says, you are the merchandise. I am the merchandise. So, verse 17. And the king of Assyria sent Tartan and Rabsaris and Rabshekah from Lachish to King Hezekiah with a great host against Jerusalem. Now, check this out. And they went up and came to Jerusalem. And when they were come up, they came and stood by the conduit of the upper pool, which is in the highway of the fuller's field. So you have a new king of Assyria. His name is Sennacherib, Sennacherib. We had a little chat about this. I don't even know how to say his name, so I call him the Sin Cherub or the Snatcherib. So he's either Sin Cherub or Snatcherib. You can figure it out. So that dude, you read about him over here in, in verse 13, first time you ever find his name in the Bible, by the way. So he sends three dudes. He sends Tartan, Rapsaurus, and this Rabshekah dude. But not just three guys. He sends three guys with a large army. With a, with a great host, and then they come and they stand by where the water flows. What does Ephesians chapter 5 tell us about the Word of God? That it is like waters. What does Psalm 1 say? It's like waters. What does Jeremiah chapter 17 say? It's like waters. And so it comes and they, and they stand by where the water flows. In other words, we're going to cut your water off, yo. We're going to do it. We're going to cut the water off. And so they're standing there. And then they come to the place where the people on the wall could hear. So they get just close enough. So they're out of firing distance a little bit. They're just a ways. And they show up. And the, there's, the people are on the wall seeing them come up, shaking in their boots. And then what does Hezekiah do? He sends out three dudes. He sends out three guys. And you see that um, here in uh, – I had that verse highlighted here. All right, so verse 18. And when they had called to the king, there came out to them Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, which was over the household, Shebna, the scribe, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder. And so three messengers from one king are face-to-face with three messengers from, from the other king, right? And they're now having a dialogue. Then Rabshakeh pops up and Rabshakeh or how rap dude, right? So he starts, he starts talking. He starts giving, giving them the business. Here's what the king has to say. Don't trust in the Lord. Don't trust in yourself. Don't trust in Egypt. And they're just talking a whole lot of smack. Y'all got the set? You got the, got the land? You got it set up? All right, the stage has been set. Now let's get to the message. 
Because here's the thing we have to do. We have to learn the importance of translation from the world system. We can learn from the world system the importance of translation. Because you've got to see this. He says, um, verse 26. Skip over to verse 26. Then said Eliakim. So Rabshakeh has just get, gone on this long monologue. And then, then says Eliakim, verse 26, the son of Hilkiah, the Shebna, and Shebna the Joah unto Rabshakeh, speak, I pray thee, to thy servants in the Syrian language. For we understand it. And talk not with us in the Jews' language in the ears of the people that are on the wall. In other words, when they show up and they start talking smack, they're not talking in their heart language. They're talking in the language of the in the heart language of the people they're trying to conquer. And the whole time he's talking, all Eliakim can think of, I wish he would just shut up and speak in a different language. But he just stopped talking. They can hear you. Do you not know that they can hear you? Would you would, you're, you're in the ears of the people on the wall. They can hear you. Would you just talk to us in Syrian? And then check out the response. Check out the response. Verse 27. But Rabshakeh said unto them, Hath my master sent me to thy master and to thee to speak thee words? Uh-uh. Hath he not sent me to the men which sit on the wall? Ooh. Okay. We're going to come to that here in just a few moments. But here's the first thing I want you to get here. Here's what we can learn. The first thing we can learn is that the world speaks the people's heart language. The world speaks the people's heart language. I think it was a few years ago I had the opportunity to preach. Use the book of Romans. Man, that was fun. Had a blast. And I think I mentioned in there that I would like to learn another language. But I'm years old now. And language learning is a little bit difficult for me. Right? I would love to learn Espanol. It doesn't flow off the lips. It just doesn't. I practice. and I'm All right, so we have 15 Mexican restaurants in Iola. Hyperbole, but not really. And there's a lady there who just, man, I built a little, um, rep. that's the word. You understand the words coming out of my mouth? Right, that word. Right, and so sometimes she'll say, no, order that in Spanish. I'm like, el numero, <laughs> you know, whatever. And she'll say, and she goes, you're not listening to what I'm saying. Like, she'll say it, and I repeat it, and just, she just gives up. She goes, you want the usual? Yeah, that one. I'll, I'll have that. Okay. Well, listen, the world speaks the people's heart language. They know it. They know how to speak it. They're always asking, what does the heart want? What does their heart want? And then they sow their message into hearts and not heads. That's what they're doing. And so when they show up and they got the huge host and they're all there and they just begin to speak in Hebrew. Immediately they have everybody on the wall's attention. And they're hearing everything that's being said. Now, check this verse out. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 18. Here's how they do it. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 18. He says, for when they speak great swelling words of vanity. That's what they do. That's what the enemy does. It's words of vanity. In other words, they're empty. What do they do? Well, they are lure through the lust of the flesh. They find out what you want. 
And then they speak to whatever your itch is. And they're willing to scratch it, baby. So they will, they will allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escape from them who live in error. All right, so we're going to come back to that verse here a little bit later. But remember what Rapshika's response was in verse 27 and 28? He says, listen, did my master come to talk to the mess, to you or to them? He understood who the audience was. It wasn't these, these Yehus. It was the guys on the wall. That's who he wanted to speak to. And then he says this in verse 28. Then Rabshakeh stood and cried with a loud voice in the Jews' language and spake, saying, he just goes, hey, you up there. I'm done talking to them. I'm talking to you. I got something to say to you. All right, so here's the next thing we got to get. The world speaks the people's heart language in a way that they can hear. And sometimes we say we're passionate about translation. We say we're we're passionate about reaching people all over the world. And it's just not true. Because we're not putting people in a position to speak to somebody else, not just in their heart language, but in a way that they can hear it. Just like Ahasuerus did in Esther. I'm going to do it according to the writing thereof. And in the spoken language thereof. In other words, I I don't want them to just hear it. I want them to have access to it. I want the written word to them. we, We can learn from that. But here's something we need to understand. Sin cherub, right? Snatch a rib. You know what he did? He sent qualified, dedicated messengers. That's what he did. He had a message. And he wanted to not just talk to Hezekiah, he wanted to talk to everybody on that wall. So who's he send? Qualified, dedicated people. Who understood the message. Understood that the king had no interest in them having anything to say, but what he had to say. And listen, we, we're really good at sending people all over the world. We, we can sit, we, listen, we're, we're rich, we can throw money at the problem. And we can, we can put people on planes and get them anywhere quickly. But are they, are they qualified? And are they dedicated to the king's message? And are they able to speak in their heart language? And not just that, are they able to speak in their heart language in a way that they can hear? And then a step further on this is that they, they don't talk to the educated elites. They talk to the common man. Mark chapter 12, verse 37, part B. And the common people heard him gladly. Speaks to the common man. So in essence, what he's saying here in verse 28, Rabshakeh stood and cried with a loud voice in the Jews' language and spake, saying, Hear the word of the great king, the king of Assyria. You know what he's saying? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? That's what he's saying. In the Jews' language, that's what he's saying. And everybody on the wall gets it. All right, well, we've got to go a step further, though, because check this out, verse 29. Here's what Rabshakeh, he's not done talking. He says, thus 
saith the king. Oh, don't miss that. Thus saith the king. Here's the next point I want you to get. The world speaks the people's heart language in a way that they can hear the king's words. They don't just speak the heart language. And they don't just speak in a way that they can hear. They speak in a way that they can hear the king's words. That's the reality. Man, I've had the opportunity to go to Albania. I've had the opportunity to go to Belarus and to and to Malawi. I've had opportunities to go to different places that I don't speak their language. I'm always grateful that there's somebody there who does. Right? And here's what's amazing is they always speak my language, but I don't speak theirs. Right? And I've had the pleasure of being connected with translators that understood the king's words. Right? I've heard horror stories of people have gone and have just hired Joe Blow off the street. And they might be able to speak a language. That doesn't mean they understand the king's words. I've had the opportunity to preach with Palira as my translator. That is like a surreal moment. Right? Homeboy understands English. He gets Chichewa, but he understands the king's words. But I want you to pay attention to what comes out of Rabshakeh's mouth and what the king's words are. Verse 29, thus saith the king, let not Hezekiah deceive you, for he shall not be able to deliver you out of his hand. Neither let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord, saying, the Lord will surely deliver us, and this city shall not be delivered into the hand of the king of Assyria. Now understand you need to understand something. The Assyrians had a different view of the Lord, and they had a different view of a king's authority. And the key in the, the the Assyrians, he's like, hey, I'm ruling the world here. It's the Antichrist system, right? It's the world system. Hezekiah is just a dude who just lost 10 of his other tribes, gone to oblivion. And you need to understand that they don't respect the Lord most high. They don't respect God. And so here's the message of the world system. You can't trust men to save you from coming judgment. Don't trust in Hezekiah. You can't trust man to save you in coming judgment. Sounds a lot like the message we preach, isn't it? We, man can't save. Only God can. And you know what the next thing he says? You can't trust the Lord either. In other words, in their mind, this is what he's saying is you can't trust in religion to save you from coming judgment either. Sounds a lot like our message, doesn't it? It's a counterfeit message. You can't trust in man, and you can't trust in religion from coming judgment of the world system. By the way, that's kind of true. Because that's what this world's going to find. Ain't no man, and ain't no religion going to protect this world from the world system ruling and reigning. Y'all with me? All right. So let's go a little bit. Let's go a little bit deeper then. So check this out of verse 31. Verse 31. He says, Hearken not to Hezekiah, for thus saith the king of Assyria. What's he do? 
He puts them to two different authorities, doesn't he? Two different authorities. You have the, the your king or this king. Either way, what they're saying is this is going to be your king one day. And I want you to hear what he has to say. For thus saith the king of Assyria. And then he says this, make an agreement with me by a present. Okay. So here's the next point I want you to get. The world speaks the people's heart language in a way that they can hear the king's words and submit to his authority. So, yes, they speak the heart language, but they speak the heart language in a way that they can hear. But in a way that they can hear the king's message and in a way that they can hear the king's message and submit to that king. That's what we do every day, peeps. Amen. We do that. That's what God has put us on this planet to do, is to do that right there. Speak their heart language. Speak it in a way that they can hear it. Speak it in a way they can hear it and hear the king's message. This one. Hear the king's message. Why would we do that? So that I can submit to that king. The king of kings and lords. The world gets it. I think so often we don't. And I know what, listen, if I were in your pants in those seats, this is what I would be thinking. I'm never going to translate anything. I'm not learning another language. I'm not doing that. Right? Like, where are you going with this? I'm, yeah, amen, but what does that have to do with me? And I love how Jeff Martell puts it. The opposite, the opposite of you going is not you staying. It's you sending. That's it. That should be the heart behind this. Listen, I know we're tired. I know we're burnt out. I know this is pretty much the same every single year. I get it. The rolling's always there. The checking's always there. The binder's always there. And the cutter's always broken. <laughs> right? I get it. Fully understand it. But this is a new Bible for a new person. That's why we do what we do. I want them to hear it in a way that they can hear the king's message according to their writing, according to their language, so that they will submit to the king. And you know what we want them to believe? That they can't trust the man to save them from coming judgment. And they can't trust in religion to save them from coming judgment. But he's still not done talking. Homeboy won't shut up. Check this out. He says, I want you to make an agreement with me, verse 31. Make an agreement with me by a present. Isn't that interesting? What does God offer us? Salvation through a gift, isn't it? He's saying, yeah, there's salvation through a gift instead of God giving you the gift. Now, I want you to give me the gift. That's what's, that's what's going to save you. Instead of me giving you a gift, you're going to give me a gift. Oh, is that how it works? Well, that, that's, that's how this is supposed to be done. You're submit to me by offering me a present. And then it says, and come out to me. Come out from among them and be ye separate. That sounds very familiar, doesn't it? And then ye eat 
ye every man of his own vine uh, and every one of his of his fig tree and drink ye every one of the waters of his sister. Now, doctrinally, he's referring to the millennial reign of Christ, where every Jew in his is going to have his own land, his own fig tree, his own everything. That's doctrinally what he's referring to. And yet, for us, inspirationally, here's what we can apply that to. He's promising them sustaining and sure food and water to every individual. Sounds a lot like the word of God to me. But then he's not done. Verse 32. Until I come and take you away into a land like unto your own land. In other words, um, you're going to enter an agreement with me through a gift. You're going to be given a sure food and water. You're going to be given that for a temporary time. And then I'm coming to get you. Does this sound familiar to anybody else? Then I'm coming to get you. I'm going to take you out of this land into a new land. Sounds a lot like heaven to me, man. Sounds a lot like heaven to me. Oh, but he's still not done. He says it's a a land of oil and and olives and, and honey. He says, look at this, middle of verse 32, that ye may live and not die. Sounds a lot like eternal life to me. Now check this out. I told you we're going to go back to 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 18. We've got to read the next verse too. So 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 18 and 19. He says, For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they are allure through the lust of the flesh. In other words, empty lies. Snatcherib, snatcherib, right? Empty lies, that's what's happening here. That allures through the lust of the flesh. What's the itch of your heart? I'm willing to scratch it. Through much wantonness, those that are escaped from them who live in error, look at this, while they promise them liberty, freedom. Man, if you didn't have all of this problem, the government would supply you all of this. Sounds pretty familiar. Did you notice it didn't mention a steak and it didn't mention any meat whatsoever? It was a vegetarian society. Sounds almost like the impossible meat. The end times talks about that right there. According to Second Peter. It says, while they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. All the goal is, is not to provide you freedom, but to corrupt you. For of whom a man is overcome of the same as he brought in bondage. All right, so crazy whack story. I get it. And yet, if we truly step back and look at this thing doctrinally and understand, the world system understands the Lord system. And the world system imitates the Lord system. And they're really good at it. And we have something we can learn from them. You see, our first two questions, the first one was this. Do we understand the need for translating the king's message into the language of languages of the people? That's the first one I asked you to consider. But the second question was, do we understand what the world system understands about the need for translating? In other words, they understand some things. Do we understand what they understand? Because we can learn a lot from the world. Now, let me land the plane with a couple practical applications. The first one is this, verse Verse 36. Verse 36, check this out. But the people held their peace and answered him not a word. For the king's commandment was saying, answer him not. 
All the king said to all the people who were on the wall was, whatever he says, keep your mouth shut, answer him not. And so Rabshiki does all his stuff, he's speaking all his stuff, and every person on the wall heard him speak in, in their heart language, in a way that it was able to be heard, and the message was, submit to this king, and they answered him not. And the first application I want you to get is submit to the authority of the king's version of truth. Think about that hard enough. You'll, you'll figure out what I'm saying. It's the, the king's version. Submit to that. Submit to the authority of the king's version because the world has got a lot of things to say and those words are empty and they don't lead to liberty. They lead to corruption. That's the first application I want you to get. This one isn't on there. So hold on a second. If you would, go back with me over here to 2 Kings chapter 18 and verse 11 and 12. And the king of Assyria did carry away Israel unto Assyria and put them in Halah and in Haber by the river Gozen and the cities of the Medes because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord their God but transgressed his covenant. Listen, we need to understand this as well. It's not on the screen. I just need you to pick up what I'm putting down. There is judgment for those, well, let me put it this way. There's judgment for this dispensation who chooses not to be obedient to the word of God. I'm telling you, we are in the last days of the last days of the Laodicean church age. And the rapture of the church is not a celebration moment to be looking forward to. The rapture of the church is judgment. God removes every steward in every dispensation. The rapture of the church is the removal of the steward. We are the steward of this. Amen. We are the steward of this. And if we don't handle it right, and we don't treat it right, Day is coming. God says, that's it. I'm done. You don't have an option anymore. And what's interesting is seven or eight years later that God has to deal with the Jews. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. Last one. We find this in verse 17. Go back to verse 17. And this is it. And the king of Assyria sent Tartan and Rapsuris and Rabshaki from Lachish to the king of Hezekiah with a great host against Jerusalem. And they went up and came to Jerusalem. And when they were come up, they came and stood by the conduit of the upper pool, which is the highway of the fuller's field. Last point. Enlist a great host to support the king's messengers who are sent with the king's message to speak to the people in their heart language. That is our mess. That's our mission. That's how we practically apply this. Enlist a great host. Hello, church. Hello, churches who have gathered here. How many of you are from HBF here? Raise your hand. A lot. How many of you are from a different church other than HBF? Right? You know what that is? It's a great host. It's a great host. 
How many other churches have been represented here throughout this week? A lot. Our job is to be the host, to support the king's messengers. That's the missionaries. That's the pastors. That's Palira, right? To support the king's messengers who are sent with the king's message. That's the written word. To speak to the people in their heart language. That's the Bible in their native tongue. That's our job. May we be busy about that. I want to close with one little story. I talked to Pastor Mike Renault the other day. He's church plant in Boston. Some of us are getting ready to go up there and see him next week. And I'm like, dude, I need to get a lay of the land. I need, just tell me what to do. And anyways, he went through all that, but he told me a quick little story. I don't know if you heard this or not. But uh, last trip, the group that was there last month, that Sunday, a Chinese student from one of the local universities showed up to church. Wasn't invited by any of the crew, just showed up. Said, man, I just wanted to find an American church and just figure it out and found you guys and showed up. Well, he speaks Chinese, of whether it's Mandarin or Cantonese, I don't know. He speaks Chinese. Well, there's a group there from Midtown. I think it's Midtown. I think it's Midtown. And one of them is a Chinese-speaking individual. And so Mike says, well, I'd like to introduce you to whoever this is. And this person got to go in the heart language and lead that guy to Christ. He got saved. Now, it was of the Lord that he was there. Praise the Lord. How awesome was it that when he walked in, there was somebody that spoke his heart language. And somebody that was able to speak it in a way that he could hear. In a way that he could hear the king's message. So that he would submit. And how do we know he submitted? Because the very next day he was out preaching Jesus. With the team. That's why we do what we do. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Well, I appreciate that, Tony. Good, good word. That's, uh, you know, consider what we've heard and consider, I know it's been a long week and we got a lot to, we still got a lot of work left, but man, this is such an important aspect of everything that we're doing. And, uh, it doesn't matter if you're a translator or you are the person, um, you know, Padlira Chawana or you're just one of the, the folks you know, in here on the binder or working over here collating. It's all about getting the message where it needs to go on time. And, brother, thank you for that. That's a good word. Let's stand together. We've been sitting for a little while. Let's stand and stretch our legs a minute. And as we uh, as we pray, I just want to bow our hearts and consider what we've heard. And uh, let me ask you, what message are we hearing? Some of us may be hearing the wrong message. We may be hearing the, instead of the king's message, we're hearing the king of this world's message, right? They're doing a better job than we are. And are we really engaging in what it is that God's wanting us to? I'd say tonight, on Wednesday night, everybody that's gathered, yeah, you guys are. That's where your heart is. But here in just a moment, we're going to pray over these Bibles in just a few minutes. And uh, we're not there yet. But just uh, let's think about what we've heard and consider what's at stake. I love the way Tony took and laid out, you know, uh, it is somewhat monotonous to do this year in year out week in week out and and then and then he lifts up this new testament and this represents a new soul
And that, man, that was, that's powerful. Because that's absolutely right. Right? How many of you can speak Ukrainian here today? Oh, good. I'm glad we got one here. So since we can't go, I guess we send him. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so man, what a powerful, what a powerful message, right? I love. There's so much in that, and and so, um, man, pray. Thank you for bringing that, Tony. And uh, that's a very important passage. That 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 there's so much in there. It's so relevant, and it's such a challenge for us to stay focused as well on this. There's so many distractions and so many messengers. Um, and we got to know they have the right message, and we got to stay in our in our lane, right? And not get crazy, not get squirrely, not go to Egypt for help, right? That's what happened to those other ten tribes. Oh, we'll go to Egypt and get help. That didn't work. You go to this world, man, you'll be taken captive. I promise you, right? So the only way you're going to make it is going with the king, the right king, and and staying with the people God brought you with. And so, man, this old this old message, brothers and sisters, is is what God's brought us with, and this is what we're going home with, right? And so, uh, we got to we got to we got to hold fast to the faithful word as we've been taught, and we got to keep getting it where it needs to go on time, even if it is Laodicea. You know, the the key of David is mentioned in Revelation chapter three. It's associated with this very situation that that Tony's talking about. The key of David uh, is is actually an understanding that the king. The Lord Jesus Christ has promised that His throne will not end. I mean, it is going to go on for you. Got to know who's the right king, and you got to have the king's message, and you got to get it where it needs to go on time. And so we're peculiar. You've seen the 30-minute video yesterday about all the nuances and the the details of of how Arion, for one, is taking everything that, that is so seriously of getting the king's message to where it needs to go. And beloved, we're by God's grace, we'll be doing. I said, mentioned Chichewa in a few years. We'll be doing some Albanian, right? And these messages that we're preaching, and God is speaking this week, it's going to come to pass. And, and if the Lord tarries, if we're faithful, we don't get squirrely. And man, we're going to be continuing to do exactly what 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 we're supposed to be doing: staying together, focused. And it will be God that opens the doors, and it will be. Serving the king that God has called us to serve and getting his message where it needs to go on time. Because of our power, if you look at the real winning team in that story, uh, no. It's because of God's power. They were weak. You know, their their tremor broke all the time too. and They sold everything. All right, they were in bad shape. But God gets the victory. Amen? Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the word that we've heard. Lord, it's been a, it's been a long week. I know folks are weary. But, Lord, I pray that we would not be weary in well-doing. Twice there's that admonition in the New Testament, be not weary in well-doing. But we know for in due season we shall reap if, if, if we faint not. And, Lord, we're, we're not all the way across the line. Lord, help us to run our race and finish our course. Lord, help us to take this uh, this burden uh, and, and how it's been so clearly presented. Are we taking the message and getting it to where it needs to go in the heart language? What a fitting conclusion to this conference and this message tonight to consider how you divinely put someone that could speak someone else's heart language uh, so they could be ushered into the kingdom of god what an incredible illustration what a true story it's 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 so true it's 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 beyond comprehension the mathematical odds of that happening are absolutely impossible 
They're not probable. And yet, Lord, you've done it. And so, Father, we want to bring you honor. We want to bring you glory. And, Lord, I do pray in this in this assembly, Lord, that you would just continue to call people out, Lord, and call people to uh, consider, Lord, their role in in, uh, in the process of publishing your word, that we wouldn't just rely on somebody else, that we would be about speaking to other people in their heart language. We'd be about helping others go uh, with Bibles, that we'd be, out, be supporting those that want to do translation work like Arion and and, uh, and Palira and, and others that we will uh, have come across, Lord, that we would be about the whole process of publishing your word, that we would understand that it is your word that's preeminent, or that we would not be confused or clouded about uh, the message of this world and the message of this book that we would put all our eggs in your basket, that we would set our affection on things above, not on the things of this earth, Lord, that our treasures would be found in heaven and not in this world because there's nothing in this world, Lord, that's going to satisfy. Oh, God, thank you for the, the just the presence of, the, of your saints today. Lord, these saints here are like a mighty army, and they have served you so well this week. Lord, I pray your, your best blessings on each and every one of them. Uh, Lord, that does not mean the devil will not uh, resist them or face them. But, Lord, when he does, Lord, I pray, God, you would just set in our hearts the message of your word, Lord, that we would not go to all this effort to, to assemble your word, to spend hours upon hours assembling it and sending it, and then yet forsake it every day in our own life. Oh, Heavenly Father, may we hear the king's message. May we be representing you well. May we be those that can stand and communicate clearly what it is that you've called us to say. And may we represent you in a way that represents your kingdom. Oh, Heavenly Father, may we be able to, uh, you know, effectually and fervently uh, pray uh, to you and receive those things that you called us to receive so that we can accomplish your mission, your power. Lord, may we value souls more than this world does. May we not be beguiled about what's going on. Lord, we do understand that there's a battle for souls. Help us to be quickened again in our understanding of that as we go Bible to Bible uh, Lord, we know it's not just necessarily one soul, but often several souls are represented by each and every uh, uh, New Testament that we put together here this week. And so, Father, I pray, God, that this word would go forth in a mighty way and that you'd be glorified. We thank you now for this time in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. All right, you may be seated. Uh, here in just a moment, we're going to pray. I'm going to ask that uh, uh, here in just a moment, Pastor Randy. Uh, and Bob and uh, and Tony, Pastor Tony, come up. We're going to then have everybody else join us. Before we do that, though, I just want to say thank you uh, to everybody uh, that has come from everywhere. There's a lot of thanks to give out, and we can go through a laundry list from uh, David and the guys, that uh, the, the team, and I start saying names, and I'm going to miss people, but we've had an army of cooks, right? Amen. Good food feeding us all week. Praise God. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. And we've had a, we've had an army of of, uh, of 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 Word First Bible team, right? Led by Pastor Randy, Pastor uh, Bob, uh, Vince has been here like uh, just like a stalwart, and uh, you know just just helping with the team. We really appreciate the Word First Bible Publishing team, and from wherever they come from, Amen. Praise God. <clears throat> all those all those the the team is represented not just by HBF but by people from all over. And I rep- and I really appreciate. It. I was just on the on the text line earlier with uh, Pastor Sam Miles. He he actually fell ill, so he's not here. He's out of fever. So pray for him. But uh, our sister churches, churches like Midtown, uh, Grace Baptist, Living Faithly Summit, Harvest Baptist, you know, uh, Iola brought thirty people up on Sunday. 
uh, other churches and local churches. Uh, Malachi O'Brien down the highway here, man, he got on Facebook, started blasting all this stuff to get people in here. This, I mean, I'm, I don't even know where everybody came from, but man, I just praise God uh, that He's drawing people to put His their hands on the assembly of God's word. And it's just a tremendous thing, and so <clears throat> I just want to uh, thank everybody that's actually invested so much in this week. Whether they were changing out the trash, uh, whether they were um, you know, running the, the, the chuck wagon up and down the way, uh, bringing in and a lot of people donated food. I mean, <coughs> excuse me, people have just invested this week so heavily. Uh, and it's not just one, it's all. And I just can't say enough about you all. And uh, I know you're not doing it for accolades. I know you're not doing it to, you know, get your name in lights. You're doing it for the kingdom of God. <coughs> and I look forward to eternity and uh, in the short term, I look forward to where w- the, the end product. I don't think you're going to have to wait for eternity to start seeing fruit and fruit that remains. I know a few years ago we did the Romanian uh, Bibles. Excuse me. Uh, we ended up, <clears throat> one of the New Testaments that we signed, we sent a whole batch to Doug Howie, and we signed in the front cover our name, Amy and I did, in this one New Testament. And this is such a cool story. Uh, it got to it got to Romania, obviously. Got to Doug Howie, and Doug leads a guy named David to Christ. He pulls a Bible out of the box. He doesn't know who's what, when, or where. He pulls it out of the box, and he, and he hands it to this young man named David that he'd been witnessing to for a good long time. Gives him the Bible in his own language, opens it up, and and Doug is like, "Oh, man, that's the guy." You know, that's my discipler. You know, and he just is. And now Doug was discipling this guy named David. It's just awesome. And God used that Bible just to reinforce, you know, the need for this guy to get discipled. And just little, there's a, I call those kisses of God. You know, God does things, and it's just like, wow, Lord, that is just mathematically impossible. Like the story that Tony just, just and, and guys, you are part of something that is bigger than 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 any of us, right? This is what God is doing. It's a great privilege to be a part of it. So with that, uh we are going to have instructions, but before we do that, I want to pray over the Word of God. So, Randy's going to come up, and Tony, and then I would like to have um, uh, Pastor Bob come up as well, um, and I have them gentlemen lead us in prayer over the Scripture, and then uh, I believe, is it Bob, Bob, are you going to give the instructions on loading out? Randy will give us instructions on loading out, so Randy, I'll have you take it from here. Um, if you all could, let's stand and uh, just come up here and we'll lay our hands on the Word of God. We'll give it some time. To... <clears throat> yeah, what we do every year before we uh, close out the Bible conference is uh, we put our hands on the Bibles. And then, you know, so find a box. We put some boxes on the front row down here so you don't have to crowd too much. But you can come up on the platform um, behind the Bibles. You can stay in front of the Bibles. You can get down on your knees on the floor. Stand there, whatever you want to do, but try to get a Bible. Try to get a box. Because what we're doing is we are sending the Word of God uh, to people who need it. And so we want to send it by by blessing it. So I'm going to pray, and then Bob Hall is going to pray. And then, um, actually, I'm going to let Bob pray first, and then Tony, and then I'll wrap up, and I'll be able to give final instructions. The one instruction I'll give you right now, after everybody gathers around, if you can find a box. If, if somebody doesn't have a box, pass them one. 
Make it easy. Okay, what, so after we get done, don't leave. Nobody leaves until, we're, until um, we get the final instruction. But Tony, why don't you go ahead and open us up in prayer? Lord God, it's such a beautiful moment. Lord, we just come to this moment where we're winding down the work. We're still not done. Lord, hands have handled every single one of these books. Every box is full of these Bibles. Lord, these have been prayed over. Lord, they've been carefully taken care of. And Lord, now they've got to get to where they need to go. Lord, I pray that you would get them there on time. Lord, these are full of promises and truth. And Lord, they do carry the King's message. Lord, I pray that the messengers that are on on the ground where they go, Lord, be able to take these Bibles and preach Jesus. Lord, I pray that these passages will be studied. I pray that the word of God will be memorized, Lord, in Ukrainian. Lord, I thank you for all the hands, Lord, that have labored and and done the work to get these Bibles prepared. Lord, I thank you for them. Lord, I pray that you bless them. But, Lord, there's no greater blessing than getting your preserved word to your preserved people. We thank you. I pass this prayer on. Father in heaven, we just thank you for this ministry and and their desire just to put out your word. And and I thank you for this project because I know six months ago we had no idea about this project. And yet you opened the door for us to to assemble these Ukrainian New Testaments, Lord. So I pray you continue to open doors to to get them uh, to the Ukrainians, to get them to to the place they need to go, to the missionaries they need to go, to the people that, that can distribute them. And I pray for open doors with the people that speak Ukrainian, Lord. And I pray that you would have uh, a person ready or several people ready for each one of these New Testaments and open their heart to you, Lord, and, and, and give them someone there that can help them ex- explain what this word says. And as a result, Lord, we just pray that the people that speak this language, the people that's in this war-torn country, Lord, that are looking for hope, that they would find it in your Son, Jesus Christ. And the ones that know you as Lord and Savior, Lord, but may not have a New Testament, Lord, we pray that you would get that to them so that they can know you more. And so we just pray for this, and we just pray that we would see many souls saved. We pray that many souls would be built up and that your word of God would go out and you would get the honor. Father in heaven, Lord, we conclude in prayer. We we just want to thank you um, for the privilege of this opportunity to be able to assemble your scripture in a way that can be communicated uh, to a people group that we may never meet this side of heaven. Father, I pray that uh, those that receive these scriptures, Lord, that uh, they would uh, uh, recognize right away, Lord, just how much you love them and how much you care for them that they would receive such a, such a gift as this. It would be a blessing to them, to their families, to that country. I, I pray, Father, for the protection of this, these scriptures in their travels. We don't really fully know the route that they're going to be taking or the destination, how they get on the ground, how they get distributed, how they get dispersed among the people. Lord, you know that plan already. You, it's, in, it's, in, it's underway, and 
Um, that's Lord, we're, we're trusting you others to take care of that under, under your leadership. But we pray for the protection of these scriptures. Lord, is, uh, from, from the time that they leave Heartland to the time that they arrive in country, Lord, that they will not be uh, stopped uh, in any way, shape, or form, that they would be able to pass through customs, pass through uh, checkpoints, pass through enemy uh, desires to stop them, Lord. I pray that you would shut all of that down, that uh, there would be nothing that would pen- that would prevent the, the uh, movement of your word to to this country. And, Father, I pray that you would bless every person that has served this week in preparation uh, of getting these these signatures put together into New Testaments and then shipping them out. Thank you for their faithfulness. Thank you for their their willingness, Lord, to be here uh, during this week. Uh, it's, a, it's a hard thing for many people to do it, but they do it because they love you. And I thank you, I thank them, you for them, uh, Lord, because you put it in their heart to do it. And so we just ask now, Lord, your blessing on the rest of the night, um, the final work that we have to do tonight and tomorrow to wrap up this project. We just ask for your your safety as we go home tonight. Give us a good night's rest. Let us dream dreams of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so let me give you the instructions. Okay, so most everybody here, most everybody has touched the Bible, New Testament signatures in some way, shape, or form this week. This, so this is your last time. What I need you to do, so Bob Hall is heading for the, the lobby. The doors are being opened. There's pallets in the lobby. We're going to stack these Bibles under their direction. Don't just haphazardly stack them. They'll stack them so that we can get them out uh, and get them on a truck here in the next uh, several days. But grab a box, take them out. And then one more thing. If you are interested in continuing to serve and operate the binders, we need to probably 10 to 12 people in the binder room. And the the cutter out in the armory, we probably need about six to eight people to help with that, just moving the the material, getting it cut, and praying over the machine at the same time. All right. You just grab a box and let's get going. One last time for serving. Uh, if if uh, because we're going to be working tomorrow, Franny has asked for some help in the kitchen for lunch. Uh, if you can do that, she would appreciate that.